Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Today's story is Robin Hood as told by Nanny Piggins. Here we go. Derek, Samantha and Michael had just returned from school. They found Nanny Piggins in the kitchen, taking donuts and jamming blocks of chocolate into the donut holes for their afternoon snack. Boris was helping by nibbling the donuts to make the holes bigger so she could get more chocolate in. So what did you learn about today at school? asked Nanny Piggins. She was usually horrified by what the school considered to be educational, but she quite enjoyed being horrified, so she always asked. Sometimes the things the children learned were even more shocking than the revelations on her favourite daytime soap opera. I had to learn about parabolas, said Derek. Oh, hard luck, said Nanny Piggins. But still, it's important to know when you want to blast yourself out of a cannon. One misjudgment with parabolas, and you can end up landing face first in a bucket of popcorn in someone's lap in the front row. And that's if things go well. I learned about Hadrian's Wall, said Michael. Oh, yes, said Nanny Piggins. You know a wall is a good wall if it's still standing 2,000 years later. The fence Mrs McGill built between our backyards only lasted six months. Well, that was because you kept climbing over it to borrow sugar and other cake ingredients from her kitchen when she popped into town, said Derek. Yes, which is why she should have built a wall, just like Hadrian, said Nanny Piggins. Something nice and sturdy for his neighbours to clamber over when they've got to buy eggs. We're learning about myths and legends, said Samantha. We're starting with the story of Robin Hood. But that's not a myth, said Nanny Piggins. That's entirely factual. That's not what our English teacher says, said Samantha. Well, what would he know? asked Nanny Piggins. Was he there? No, conceded Samantha. It is an 800-year-old story. Pish! That's no excuse. I know all about it because my great times 38 greats cousin was there, said Nanny Piggins. Really, said Michael. Oh, yes, said Nanny Piggins. In fact, her name was... Robin Hood. Her birth name was Robin Piggins, but she changed the name to protect the identity of her family when she took up her life of crime. But Robin Hood was a man, said Derek. I don't know why you'd assume that, said Nanny Piggins. Robin can be a girl's name as well as a boy's name. No, my cousin Robin was definitely a girl. She was stunningly beautiful, in fact. As you know, extreme beauty is a genetic curse all of us Piggins must endure. You're very brave about it, though, Nanny Piggins, said Michael. I have to be, said Nanny Piggins. It does grow wearisome having men constantly falling in love with me at first sight, before they've even tried a bite of my chocolate cake. The numbers skyrocket once they do that. But we Pigginses must learn from birth to withstand the constant adoration. So the story of Robin Hood is all true, then, asked Samantha. Well, I wouldn't say all true, conceded Nanny Piggins. There are a few inaccuracies. 
What inaccuracies, asked Derek. You know how Robin Hood was famous for robbing from the rich and giving to the poor, said Nanny Piggins. Yes, said the children. Well, that's not quite how my cousin did it, said Nanny Piggins. Robin would rob from the rich. Full stop. End of sentence. She didn't give to the poor, asked Samantha. To be fair, said Nanny Piggins, she was quite poor herself. So technically, she robbed from the rich and kept for one member of the poor herself. Still, said Derek, that's not a good look. Stealing is wrong. Technically, yes, said Nanny Piggins. I think pretty much everyone agrees that stealing is wrong, said Samantha. I know, said Nanny Piggins. It was a terrible, immoral lapse of judgment on her part. But you have to understand, times were hard 800 years ago in Britain. Chocolate had not been discovered yet. Sugar had not been discovered yet. It was a dreadful time to be alive. But was there honey? asked Boris. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. Phew, said Boris. But glass jars hadn't been invented, nor supermarkets, said Nanny Piggins. So the only way of getting honey was by sticking your hand in a beehive. Oh, the bees don't like it when you do that, said Boris. No, agreed Nanny Piggins. It was a harsh life. To make matters worse, while the vast majority of people had next to nothing, the nobility and the royal family were so rich it was insane. They lived lavish lifestyles in castles with fancy robes and solid gold crowns. And as many honey sandwiches as they could eat, asked Boris. Yes, agreed Nanny Piggins. So it was only natural that my cousin Robin, when she was staggering through the forest one day searching for a beehive, and she came across a totally unattended royal picnic with dozens of cakes, trifles and puddings, that she went nuts. What else was she going to do? Wait a minute, said Derek. Why was there a totally unattended royal picnic lying in the middle of the forest? Well, royalty are notoriously dim-witted, said Nanny Piggins. I think it's all the crown wearing. Gold is very heavy, you see, and I think the compression on their brains causes permanent brain damage. Anyway, they'd made their servants lay out the picnic. But before they sat down to eat, the king and all his courtiers decided to have an archery competition. That's crazy, said Michael. I know, said Nanny Piggins. Who would leave a cake lying unattended? Only a fool. But remember, chocolate had not been invented yet, so there was no chocolate cake. Still, you'd never catch me leaving a Dundee cake or a Madeira sponge lying around for a millisecond. Anyway, Robin stepped into the clearing and saw the spread of cakes. And she ate it all, guessed Michael. Well, we can't be sure, said Nanny Piggins. She was so overwhelmed by the situation that she flew into a frenzy. When she woke up, all the cake was gone and she was lying in a patch of cake crumbs with icing stains all down her robes and a very full feeling in her stomach. So we assume that's what happened. She must have got in a lot of trouble, said Michael. Yes, the king had no sense of humour about it at all, said Nanny Piggins. Off with her head, he shouted. If I can't have my cake, then I will dine on bacon for my tea. How rude, exclaimed Boris. Exactly, said Nanny Piggins. Robin leapt to her feet and took off running into the forest. The king put up wanted posters everywhere and offered a huge reward for anyone who captured Robin, dead or alive. What was the reward, asked Michael. Lots of gold coins. No, said Nanny Piggins. The king offered something much more valuable. He offered 500 golden sponge cakes. When Robin saw the posters, she knew there was no escaping for her, said Nanny Piggins. 
Because someone was going to dob her in, asked Samantha. No, because she was going to dob herself in, said Nanny Piggins. She wanted those cakes. But she had to be careful that no one captured her and claimed the cakes first. So she donned an ingenious disguise. She got a big bushy false moustache and stuck it on her face, then snuck into the castle. She had planned to find the king, present herself and demand the cake. But why would the king give her the cake once he had her, asked Derek. Yes, it isn't the most logical plan, conceded Nanny Piggins, but she was cake-addled at the time, so her reasoning probably wasn't top-notch. But it doesn't matter because she never got that far. You see, when she snuck into the castle, the back door she crept in through just happened to be the door to the kitchen. Oh dear, said Derek. He could sense how a story about a member of the Piggins family could go horribly wrong in a kitchen. And as soon as she stepped into the room, she fell in love, said Nanny Piggins. With a beautiful cake, asked Samantha. Members of the Nanny Piggins family often fell passionately in love with baked goods. Well, there was a lovely brioche on the bench that she did scoop up and eat, said Nanny Piggins, but that was not the only thing that captured her heart. It was the man who made them. It was the cook. His name was Man Marion. Wait, don't you mean Maid Marion, asked Derek. Oh no, said Nanny Piggins. That is a mistranslation that has been misinterpreted through the mists of history. Marion, like Robin, can be both a girl's and a boy's name. And this Marion was a boy. Well, a man. No, Man Marion made the cakes, so they were made by Marion, or rather, Marion made. You can see how easy it would be for people to confuse that. So she fell in love with Marion and the cakes made by Marion, said Nanny Piggins. She immediately forgot all about the king and tried to kidnap Marion. But Marion was a tall man who took a great pride in his work, and as you know, a good baker must sample their creations. So he was, what's the politest way to put this? Not a slim-statured fellow. Hey, protested Boris. Being a fully-grown Kodiak bear, he was not slim-statured himself. Not that there's anything wrong with that, said Nanny Piggins, but Robin was a diminutive pig, and when she tried to sling Marion over her shoulder, she collapsed under the weight. So she had to win Marion over another way. Luckily, Marion liked to pig in tights and was very impressed with how Robin could swing from vines. And as I say, she was staggeringly beautiful. So she soon won him over. Marion ran away with Robin and they lived cakefully ever after. Is that like living happily ever after? asked Michael. Oh, it's much better, said Nanny Piggins. Because when you live cakefully ever after, you're happy and you have cake. Baking and eating cake brought them so much joy that they always had plenty left over to share with the poor. And eventually, just 600 years later, Britain got a full parliamentary democracy, so that showed the king as well. And the entire population of Great Britain lived happily ever after the end. That's definitely not the version they've been teaching us at school, said Samantha. I know, said Nanny Piggins, it's a disgrace, the way cake-based issues are erased from the history books, which is why it is so important that we must all eat cake as a mark of respect to the history of cake and all it has given to our culture. Now, who'd like another chocolate-stuffed donut? The end. Thank you for listening to support this podcast just by a book by me, 
R.A. Spratt. There are plenty to choose from from across the Friday Barnes, Nanny Piggins and Pesky Kids series. And coming soon will be my new book, Shockingly Good Stories, which is based on the stories I wrote for this podcast. It goes on sale July 2nd, but it's available for pre-order now. So if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, it would make a lovely souvenir of the show or a great way to share these stories with a friend. I don't make any money directly from this podcast. The way I earn my living is through my books. So if you want me to keep making episodes, the best way to help is by buying a book. It really does mean a lot to me. There are also the audiobooks of The Adventures of Nanny Piggins and Friday Barnes Girl Detective as well. You can order any of these things through your local bookstore or go to my website, rasprat.com, and click on the Book Depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye.